And I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb Till I met you
praise you, God. We honor you this morning, Lord Jesus. God, we're just so grateful to be here in your presence. God, we just love you. We invite your holy presence into this place. God, you are welcome here. Lord Jesus, we honor you this morning. Thank you, Father. You unravel me with the melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone and I'm no
aren't you thankful that we no longer have to be afraid? I think over the last two months, the word fear has tried to be drilled into our hearts and into our heads. And I think that it's easy to buy into the fear. And I'm so thankful that I am a child of the Most High God and that I don't have to worry about fear because the world doesn't rule my days. The world doesn't have my steps order. My steps are ordered by the Most High God. And I love that, that I am not afraid, that I don't have to live my life in fear because I know whose I am. I love that we serve an almighty God that has our steps ordered, that takes care of us, that is our, that is our provider, that is our healer, that is our joy, that is our strength. I love that we get to serve him. I will tell you that this week I was thinking about what what scripture to say, what scripture to read. And the only thing that kept popping into my head is I think this is my father-in-law's favorite scripture. And it's in Psalms 122 and it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us come into the house of the Lord. I never thought there would be a time in America that we were told not to come into the house of the Lord. I never thought that there would be a time where we would say that our doors are closed and that we're just doing online, that we can't come into the house together. And I'm telling you, church, it's a time to pray and a time to rise up and a time to not be wimpy Christians because your rights can be taken away as we've seen in the last two months. It's time that we begin to do spiritual warfare and be thankful that we can come into the house of the Lord. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and to make those declarations and to make those stands and to not be Christians and sit by and just accept whatever's thrown our way. Just want to encourage you this morning to worship with everything in you because we get to come into the house to worship. And that's a privilege. That's an honor that we get to come into his house and gather together and worship him. So this morning, don't hold back. Worship your Savior.
trust the Lord. Amen? Hey, will you come back up and talk? Because they responded better to you. It was good. It's good, amen? And I got to tell you, just, just, you guys look better than you've ever looked. got fresh haircuts. You look better than ever. And I'm not just saying that because some of you have on masks. You <laughs> look amazing. Man. I enjoyed the I say that. I mean how many enjoyed the watching online a little bit? A little bit. But it is nothing like coming to the house of God. Amen. It is nothing like being able to just sit with and worship with God's people. And not, not that your family in your living room isn't God's people, but but you can get a little bit comfortable sometimes just sitting on the couch and watching instead of really just entering in. And when the presence is strong in the place, there is nothing like it. So I am glad to be back. Amen. Eight weeks. Man, that's a long time. Eight weeks. But, but we're here. And we're worshiping, amen. And I feel like I got a word for you this morning. So before you're seated, uh, let me read some text. And then, then I'll let you sit away from one another. But in Job, in Job chapter 42, verse 12, and I'm just going to read the first part of that verse. It says this, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Isn't that a good thing? Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than the beginning. And, and, and I'm going to talk about Job, but, but I want to go to Psalms. Psalms 27, 13, it says, David speaking, I would have lost heart unless, catch that, I would have, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Keep, keep that up there. Look, I want you to catch this. Here's, here's what he's saying. He said, I would have lost heart. I would have lost hope. I would have quit. I would have just given up. Except I believe. And I believe one thing, one thing I believe that kept me going, what David's saying. If I didn't believe this, I would have gave up a long time ago. 
when things were going bad. I would have quit when it wasn't going my way. I would have lost hope. If I wouldn't have believed this one thing, that I would see the goodness of God, what he's saying, in the land of the living, right now while I'm still alive. Not in some sweet, sweet by and by, but now. I would have given up if I didn't realize that God was still going to bless me now. At this moment in my life, at this time, that it's not all just lost, that the best days are behind me. If, if I didn't believe that there were better days in front of me, I would have given up a long time ago. But I believe this. So, so I don't know what you're here, why, what, what, what you might be going through, but, but before you're seated, do this one thing. I want you to prophesy over the person next to you. Can you do that? might say well pastor I'm not a prophet you are right now all you gotta do is just tell them tell them this one thing you look at them if you're if your family you can even get real close to them you might even be able to hug them for God's sake Brandon hug Erica she needs it And tell them this one thing. You tell them. Tell them. Announce my title. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. God's not done blessing you. Come on, you tell them that. You tell them that. Somebody needs to hear that. You tell them. You let them know. God's not done blessing you. He's not done. And you can be seated. God's not done. Now, hello in the balcony. Doing the wave up there. That's awesome. Stadium seating. That's what we. <laughs> I love, and, and now, now listen, I got to be careful how I word this. I love ending of the book of Job. I love the last chapter. Notice I didn't say I love the story of Job. If you love the story of Job, you are a sick person. <laughs> it really, I mean, that's a my life, at least my life ain't that bad. At least someone had it worse. <laughs> if you love the story of Job, you're, you're, you're kind of messed up. But I love the ending of Job. And the, some of you, some of you really, y'all have heard the story of Job? Some of you have never read the story of Job all the way? Some of you got to the first chapter, read it, and just said, that's, that, that, that ain't for me. I'm just going to skip on down. <laughs> What's the next book? The Psalms. That's the... <laughs> Habakkuk. I'll go over that one. Those I can't pronounce. Go somewhere else. This, this Job. I mean, 
if you look at the beginning of Job, there is nothing good about it. I mean, my goodness, he lost everything in one day. I mean, can, could you imagine? I mean, he didn't, he didn't lose one child. He lost all his kids and got the news at the same time. And then, and then, then while he's hearing this, he's got just one servant after another just coming to him. Like, could you imagine me and the last guy? Seriously, I gotta follow that. Hey, so just to let you know, you lost more stuff. Just to let you know, hey, the, they're coming and taking away this from you and that from you. That, that could you imagine one day? One day, let's put it in perspective. Your kids, your kids die. You get the news. And the same day, the bank forecloses on your home. You're kicked out. Your car is repossessed. And then your boss comes in and says, hey, just really want to let you know we're, we're going to have to let you go. And then just in case you had money in the bank or some investments, your stockbroker calls and said, there's a huge crash. You lost it all. Your investment in oil just went negative. You owe money now. Just everything lost in a moment. He lost, well, I take that back. He didn't lose everything. He didn't lose his loving wife who told him later, why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> and he didn't lose his, his three friends who came to comfort him by telling him for months, this is all your fault. Boy, you messed up. God's mad at you. I don't know what you did, Joe, but you did something bad. So, so he didn't lose his good friends. He didn't lose his wife. He lost everything else. But, but what I was realizing, I don't know if you've ever known this or, or caught this, when we read the book of Job, because it's, it's a longer book, there's 42 chapters, and everything happens to him in the first. And, and then... And then it's, you know, for the rest of it, it's complaining and griping and, and whining, which think, well, he's got something to whine about. And other speak of people speaking bad about him and about God and all this stuff, because it's so long, you think, man, that would have been just a horrible life that Job lived. But most scholars believe, because the wording of Job, Job never uses phrases like, like, I wish it was as years ago. But he does say, I wish it was as in months past, a few months. Most scholars believe that, that from the losing it all in Job chapter 1 to the blessings that God puts on him in Job 42, that double portion, that things being restored in his life, 
that the time span was about three to nine months. And, and, and to think about Job's life, to think about his life, we know at the end that God blessed him with 140 years after he restored him. Going with the, with the theme, we know he is old because older because he had grown kids, so he had been at least um, older than me. I mean, someone old. He, he had to have been, most scholars believe he was probably just with God going with the double portion blessing uh, that Job was probably about 70. So that God blessed him with 140 more years, a double portion blessing uh, of time. You got to think, think of it this way. Job lived about 210 years, three to nine months, in a lifetime of 210 years doesn't seem like that much, does it? It doesn't seem like it's that long of an ordeal. It doesn't seem like that's, that's, that's forever, unless you're the one in it. Come on. I mean, hey, we've been whining and complaining over two months. Two months just flies by in my normal life. Two months just goes. I mean, I can't, you know, I mean, who, two months is nothing, but it's forever when I'm living it. It's forever when the two months isn't going as I planned. It's forever when I'm going through the situation. We get caught up sometimes, and, and if we're not careful, listen to me, we can get stuck and we can get trapped in moments in our lives of just bad things that happened to us. We can let if we're not careful, and the enemy loves to do this, he will let a moment in your life, just one moment, that in your whole lifetime, it doesn't seem like it was that long. It was just a little bit that you really had to deal with it. But he'll take that moment, and you'll get stuck in it, and he'll trap you in it. He'll hold you captive or prisoner to a moment in your life so you don't move on at all ever so you never see the blessings look job experienced a double portion blessing in his life it wasn't forever but sometimes we live in the forever don't we one thing bad happened to us and we get stuck or or it doesn't even have to be bad it can be something good happened to us and we're stuck. How many know, how many know the people that they, they've never left high school? <laughs> the good old days. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, it's like Uncle, was it on Napoleon Dynamite, Uncle, Uncle Rike? If Coach would just put me in, if Co I would have won that game. It's stuck in our, in our prime. You, you see that, we, we joke, but you see that in Job's life. There's a, verse, there's a verse that says, 
oh, as it was in months earlier before, in my prime. He uses that phrase. When I was in my prime, people used to come ask me questions because I had the answers. We can get stuck in moments. We can get stuck in our moments in our lives. But but here's here's what I, I don't want I want to get you out of moments. I want to get you out of it, so the blessings can come. Because I want you to realize God's not done blessing you. And when Jesus when Jesus came, he 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 leaves. He he he's being tempted after he's baptized. He's being tempted in the wilderness, forty days. He comes out of that with an anointing, ready to go into his ministry. He goes down to a synagogue, and he pulls out the scroll of Isaiah, announcing himself on the scene. This is what he reads. It's Isaiah. He pulls out Isaiah 61. This is what Isaiah 61 reads. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, watch this, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. In other words, where the enemy tries to hold you captive, stuck, trapped, captive, however you want to put it, in moments, keeping you from what God has for you, Jesus said, the anointing's on me now. And here's what I've come to do. I've come to set some people free. You don't have to be bound by moments. You don't have to be bound. I come to set people free. And look where he came to set free. He said, I come to set the captives free, and I come to set the prisoner free. And I don't know if you realize, but those are two different things. Those are are two different things. I don't know if you've ever caught that before. Captives, a, a captive is in bondage for a totally different reason than a prisoner's in bondage. A captive is in bondage because, because an enemy came and captured them and took them away. A prisoner's in bondage because they did something wrong and they got themselves in that mess. Totally different. A captive does a captive might have done everything right. But because of circumstances, uh, they get caught. A prisoner did everything wrong. And because of their actions, they're caught in the moments. You see, see, here's, here's the difference. But, 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 but I, what I want to catch is, is realize, look, God set both free. The, the captive, let me, let me put it on your level. The captive is somebody that, that you did everything right. Come on, have you ever got stuck in moments? When you did everything right and it still hit you? When you, you worked on your marriage. You were faithful. Man, I want to come down there so bad, but I know I'm not supposed to because I'll get so close that I'll spit on people. They're immune to it all. Been spitting on them for eight weeks. I ain't preaching with the mask on, so... But you can get caught on things. Listen, the captives, they did everything 
right. You say, well, Pastor, I tithe. I was faithful to church. I brought my kids up. And what I'm going through right now, and, and what I think is funny, sometimes right now was years ago. But you were stuck. And I've never got over this. It's just a replay. How many, you know, like the record player that skips, it's just keeps repeating, going back and round and same thing. Your life's stuck at a replay. And I'm here right now, and I did everything right, but this still happened. I had, I did everything right. And my, my spouse still left me. I did everything right. I did everything I was supposed to do. And my kids still turned out bad. I still faced the tragedy. I still faced the loss. God, I prayed, I prayed every which way. And my healing still didn't come. And we get stuck. Or, 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 or it might be, you might be like the prisoner that it's, I deserved everything I got. And now you're stuck over your mistakes. But, but what I want to tell you, what, what I want you to get this more and more in anything, whether you are a captive from your moment or you are a prisoner of your moment, God came to set both of you free. It, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if you caused it or if someone else did. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what got you stuck in the moment. God came to set you free. God came to set both of you free. Why? Because He's not done blessing you. Your best days are not way back. Your best days are not the good old days. Your best days are not behind you. He's got better days in front of you. I'm telling you, He's not done blessing you. So, but let me, let me we're going to look at Job because I want to give you some ways that you can help get yourself unstuck. Well, there, there's some things you, you've got to learn to do that you can do to help get yourself unstuck, untrapped, set free. And, and one, one is this, remove the wrong voices from your life. Man, I wish they were out there. I wish they got it. Come on. Come on it's alright to say amen to that. That can be the most freeing thing for you at the moment. Remove the wrong voices from your life. Come on. Look, look at this, Job 42.7. Here's what I'm talking about. Job 42.7, this is at the end, the last. Remember, this is the good part of Job. God's getting ready to bless him, but before it says, and so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, 
my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends. Watch. For you have spoken. It was their voice that made him mad. How many has got one of those friends that's just that annoying voice? You know, just, just hear it and it's just... I don't think it was their voice. I think it was what they said. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Listen, God, God's come to a point before he can bless him, before God blesses Job, he's saying, I've got to deal with some voices first. You've got, you've got some friends I've got to deal with. I've got to deal with this. Because these three guys, they've, they've, done, they've done made my blood pressure go. Man, I, I would hate to make God's blood pressure boil. I would hate to get him on my bad side. The wrath has hit God over what these three friends have been saying to Job. And look what they've been saying. Look what they've been saying. And listen, you better be careful with this. Let me just throw this out there for you. They were saying things about God that wasn't true. Oh, you better be careful how religious you get in tragedies in people's lives. Boy, y'all got quiet. Y'all are just thinking, oh, I know who you're talking about. You better be careful how religious you get. Oh, I know why we're going through this thing. God is mad at America. And he's released his wrath. Really? That's what God does? I've never seen God do that. To his people. I've seen them bless them. I've seen them protect them. I've seen him allow Satan to do some things under God's like control of you can't go too far. You see it with Job. I, I won't let you kill him. I'll let you do this, but I'm going to hold you in. I'm not doing it. Satan's doing. But but we come out. We come out getting, man, I'm, I'm inching closer. We come out, we come out going, we come out with the, oh, God's doing this. Man, all them people, all them, how many, come on, how many's heard it? How many have seen it on Facebook? The religious ones. The voice of God. Oh, you better be careful. You better be careful when you go speaking for God of things you don't know and things you haven't studied and things you haven't researched out and things you haven't prayed about and things that you haven't necessarily, without a doubt, felt the Holy Spirit tell you to say. You better be careful when you go throwing out. God said he was mad at these three. He was mad at these three guys because what they weren't speaking 
on God's behalf. They're speaking lies about God. They're speaking lies about Job. They're speaking lies about this. And they were speaking, and God said, Job, I want to bless you. I've taken you through something. I've talked to you. We're getting ready to see what God's talked to him before. He said, I've talked to you. We dealt with some stuff, but I can't bless you until I remove these voices out of your life. So I've got to deal with this so that I can pour blessings upon you. Listen, you can't be free for the blessings to come to you if you aren't willing to deal with the voices around you. Some of you, some of you've got to get rid of some friends in your life. because they're too spaced out? Some of you got to get rid of some people in your life. Some of you got to get rid of some, some friends in your life. You've got some people that just speak over you. Listen, and I know, I know, because you can't get rid of family. Don't do that. Don't, I know some of you are saying, well, it's family. Get rid of them. You can't get rid of family. As my brother said one time, and I still find it offensive, my brother says, family's God's way of making you hang out with people you don't like. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's good. Hey, they, mate, I'm your family. Jerk. Can't get rid of family. That's, that's the wisdom my brother throws my way. Can't get, can't get, rid, of, can't get rid of your your co-workers unless you're the boss <laughs> can't, can't get rid of everybody but, but I can't always control the voices around me but I can always control the voices I allow to speak inside of me you get that I can't always control the voices around me, but I can always control the voices I allow to speak into me, into my life, into me. So there's some voices you've got, you've got to remove. Hey, let, let me help you out. Here, let me give you some. The voices of fear. Oh, come on. Hey, you see this like never before right now. Man, we're, we're living in, people are, people are literally stuck over voices of fear that are controlling them. I mean, literally, I can't leave. I mean, they're stuck. I can't leave. Because of the voices of fear that they allow to speak on. Can I just help somebody out right now? Turn the news off. Just turn it. You don't have to have... I know, I know that we have channels now that go 24-7, nothing but news, repeating over and over and over the cycle of what's happening. I know that we don't live in a time that we just have the three channels and just news at 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock, and then it goes off. And then to protect us, the networks used to just play the Star Spangled Banner blink off everything and say, okay, go to bed. I know we don't live in that time period, but just because you can listen to the news 24-7 doesn't mean you need to listen to the news 24-7. 
Balance in your life isn't switching from CNN to Fox back and forth. Going fat, balance in your, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I know, who we go to CNN? No, but um, if I made somebody mad, get over it. Um, just shut that voice off. Listen, balance is saying, I'm not going to, because if you will watch that constantly, it will feed you with nothing but fear. They will report everything that will go wrong, that can go wrong, the what ifs can go wrong. Oh my goodness. I mean, they were reporting the other day that I might have to be careful of my pet giving me something. Do I have to worry about everything? Turn it off. Quit allowing the voices of fear. You know what fear will do? Fear will trap you. Fear will keep you bound at a moment. We have so many people that won't pursue what God has for them, won't go into the next level because they live their lives in a what-if scenario. What if it fails? I won't ever start this because what if it fails? God's giving you dreams, and but what if this happens? What if that takes place? What if this goes wrong? What if that? What if that? What if the enemy will always provide you a what if to stop you? He'll freeze you in moments, keep you stuck in moments, all with a voice of fear. So you've got to learn to cut that thing off. Listen, here's where I line up to. Here's a good key. Here's where I line it to. If I know it's the voice of God or not, if it's the voice of the enemy or the voice of God, if it brings fear into my life, it is not God. And I know some of you are saying, but, but what if? No, no buts. No what ifs. If it brings fear to me, it is not of God. How do you know that, Pastor? Because God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Come on. If it's fear, it's a spirit, but it's not God. If it's fear that's coming my way, it's a spirit, but it's not God. It's speaking because it's a spirit, but it's not God. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but He has given us a power and of love and a sound mind. In other words, He's given me a mind that is sound enough that I can be cautious. I can live my life cautious and knowing my surroundings, but I don't have to live in fear of what's around me because I know I have a God who's not done blessing me. So cut that voice of fear. Remove the voice of fear out of your life. Let me give you another one. A voice of unbelief. A, a voice of, of unbelief. Let, let me show you what it looks like in the Bible. Remember, remember when blind when Jesus was walking through and blind Barnabas was, was on the side of the road and the crowd was forming around he didn't see what was going on he didn't he didn't know but but he heard a crowd and and he heard people begin to say Jesus and Barnabas not knowing where he's at because he can't see him at the moment begins to cry out 
son of David, have mercy on me. What do the people around Barnabas do? They go up to him, and here's what the voices of unbelief do. They just went, shh, hey, hey, keep it down. God's busy. But, but I think this, I think God wants to, look, I done got off. I knew it was going to happen. I'll, I'll try and stay six feet. And you know what I need? I need a corded microphone like the old days, like my dad, where it just, I can only go so far. <laughs> That's what I'll, remember Lyme Barnabas, though? The other people around him, shh. Because the, the voices of unbelief will always tell you God can't. They'll keep you stuck in moments over just their own voice around you saying, well, God, God can't do that. You, you want to hear the voices? You begin to share a vision or a ministry or a dream, something that God's given you, and you'll begin to hear the voices of unbelief speak out. Come on. Why? Because the enemy likes to keep you stuck where you're at. He doesn't like to see you going forward. He doesn't like to see you going to the next level. He doesn't like to see you using uh, what God did uh, in your life to do it in someone else. He doesn't like to see that. So as soon as you begin to speak out, you know, I think God's speaking to me. Nah, shh. Nah, that's not. That's, just, just stay, keep it down. Like, like when we come to come to church, you'll you'll even hear the voices, especially when we really go into worship and somebody really starts getting with it. You know, it's like, ah, they don't have to do all that. I, I want to be careful that we're not a church. Listen, why we let the freedom go? I want to be careful because it was religious people, not God, trying to hush Barnabas up. God was coming to him. When you begin to cry out, when you begin to speak out, listen, God comes to you. Religious people will go, shh, keep it down. Don't have to get all carried away. You don't need any of that. That will scare people off. Yeah, me getting healed. Listen, you got to learn to remove the voices of unbelief in your life. I, I, I got to get, get going. Listen, listen let, here's another. Re remove voices of condemnation. That's something different. But it'll keep you stuck. It'll keep you from going forward. It'll keep you from allowing God to bless you, uh, take you to the next level. The voices of condemnation, uh, what it looks like. Remember the, the, the woman who was caught in the act of adultery that they brought to Jesus at this moment? He's preaching, speaking in the synagogue, and they bring this woman, interrupt the whole service to, to bring this woman that they caught in the very act of adultery. I don't even want to go about how they caught her in the act. But they brought the stones ready to go and said, look, she deserves to die. You know the law. 
you know the rules, you know the, you better be careful who you bring to Jesus to judge. He, he might mess you up. Uh-oh, how many knows what I'm talking about? How many brought some people to Jesus?